Hello to my fellow humans with True Crime Obsession. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I'm Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host currently begging for food from my husband, uh, <laughs> named Rory. Today we're going to discuss uh, what very well may be the Bermuda Triangle, but it's in the East Coast of the U.S. Without further ado, let's get started. This week, my FaceTime just randomly opened on my computer, so now I'm watching myself record. That's awkward. Okay, bye. Uh, so welcome back. Uh, it's been a, a little bit of a, a week here. It's been hella hot in Michigan. And happy Father's Day to all of my father listeners. And yeah, so it's it's been fun. We've been going lots of walks, but unfortunately, Rob, Rory hasn't been able to go for too many walks because... It's been too hot and you have to be very careful when you're taking dogs for walks because they can burn their little baby paws. And uh, I had to go to the office this week and it was like 100 degrees, like which in Michigan at this time of the year is that's kind of uncommon. And Rory was like sunbathing. My husband was sending me some pictures of him and that throughout the day. And it was just it was just wild. It was like the kind of heat that I wear glasses and you walk out and you're like, glasses immediate fog up like immediately fog up so it was a, a little bit of a hot mess but yeah it's it's been fun I hope you can't hear my ice maker very loudly making ice this morning that's going to be another hot week here and uh, I don't work tomorrow it's uh, Juneteenth and that's a very important holiday here it's kind of like the finale several years after the Emancipation Proclamation of the end of slavery. And so a big, big, I'm happy that this is a federal holiday now. And it's something that we can celebrate uh, as a community or as a, you know, as a country. So tomorrow I will, I'm going to try to write some more episodes and because I'm kind of being a little lazy about it, if I'm being 100%. Uh, <laughs> I've got the next week's episode, but normally I like to have like two, three weeks planned out. Um, next week, we're doing Catherine Knight, who is an Australian, like the first woman in Australia to ever be uh, given life in prison. Um, so she kind of wild. That one will be rough. I'm just letting you all know. Then uh, I think I got the Black Widow. Let me look at my list here. Black Widows of Liverpool. So that's going to be a, um, well, Catherine Knight is also a non-US case, um, but the Black Widows of Liverpool. We're going to dive into Ed Kemper, who's, it's weird to say, like probably my favorite <laughs> serial killer, but he's definitely one that's really interesting. And um, I've always known about him, but he's also known as like the co-ed killer. Um, but the one thing that like got me majorly interested in him and like, he is a foul human, but, uh, I was watching Mindhunters on Netflix and they casted this, this man. And when I tell you he was the perfect cast, like, and he's very articulate and he's very matter of the fact. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to kind of deep, in, uh, go into that one. Uh, we got lots of good ones coming up. Some of the, some are a little rough. 
I need to add in a couple more. And I know I have a couple of documentaries I want to watch. I need to watch Stranger Things. I don't know if y'all watch Stranger Things. Uh, the new like part four, season four is out. But I'm the kind of person that really wants to uh, watch all of it at the same time. So I think the next segment of episodes or like part two or whatever comes out on July 1st. So we will be watching it then. My husband hasn't really watched all of them. So I kind of want to restart but hashtag justice for Barb and Bob like, I don't know if I can emotionally go through those again. Because <laughs> those really messed me up. I was so sad. Uh, but yeah, it's things are going well, They're just kind of ramping up into summer uh, working, you know, longer hours throughout the week and been pretty fatigued. So just we're, we're out here doing our thing. And, uh, I woke up nice and early today. Uh, I'm slacker. I'm recording this on Sunday and I'm supposed to release it in an hour and a half. So <laughs> hopefully I can edit really quick and I, this goes well. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been tired and just, I don't know. I got like a late start yesterday and it is what it is. Right. I like to play video games. So I've been kind of, those are kind of my escapes. So I've been doing that a little bit. And so yeah, tomorrow when I don't have to work, I got to really commit and do some writing, which I really like because I feel like I learn. I know some stuff about like most of the cases I want to cover, but it's always interesting because, you know, you have to search through different source material and everything. And it's, it's always pretty interesting. So we will we will see. Um, but yes, Father's Day today. Uh, I got Gary a little shirt that says the dog father, which is funny. And yeah, it's, pr it's pretty awesome. And we're gonna uh, see my Oh, I can hear the dog. I don't know what he's doing. You're gonna come downstairs to mommy. Come here. Oh, he's coming down the stairs. I live on like a tri level. So he has to go on down a little bit of stairs. Hello, buddy. Hello, buddy. You want to say hello to everyone? Want to say hello to everyone? Did you go for a walk this morning? Quit licking the box, you funny. I gotta get my baby pets in. I gotta get my baby pets in. I wish everybody could see you. Yeah. You just gonna sit down? Okay. <laughs> I don't think you guys could hear me that well, but I was talking to him. <laughs> uh, YOLO. So, yeah, so today we're going to go into the Bennington Triangle Disappearances. Very weird. And like I said, it's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, which I think is really fascinating, by the way. it's it's But it's on the East Coast. Um, so it's actually located in Gastonbury Mountain in Vermont. Uh, and, and it's got like a, it's pretty well known for some pretty weird things that have happened including like UFO activity, uh, Bigfoot sightings, weird like lights and sounds. And there's actually been five people disappeared uh, in the 1940s and the 1950s. And apparently, according to Native American lore, the area is said to be cursed. So Native Americans in the area have been very long, pretty wary uh, of this area and they avoid it. And, uh, there's a legend out there that warned of an, a malevolent stone in the mountains that would open up and devour anyone unlucky enough, uh, unlucky enough to step on it, which is super scary. And it reminds me of something that happened when I was younger. 
my family owns a house. It's like a family farm area up north in Michigan. And I was flying a kite when I was younger. And, you know, the house is just like a trailer, but it's kind of been like made into a house. And then it's got like farmland around it. Well, the kite was up super high and it fell down like into a field. Could never find it. Never found it. And like we went and looked exactly where it was. So I convinced myself as a little child that the ground ate it. So that kind of made me think about that, which is super scary. Uh, I never really liked, and that's crazy because there's another time I remember, now I'm just thinking about it, same area, same field, I was driving a snowmobile and there's like a, a weird uh, electrical light uh, or not electrical light, uh, like a light pole in the middle of the field, like where the the electrical wires and stuff are, uh, power line. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I was riding a snowmobile and I was going super, super fast, same area. And I a hundred percent almost hit that power line, like pole. Wonder if that's a little curse too. And I, I've heard that in that area, there is, there was a lot of native American activity in the past. So, I mean, there have been holes that have been found that are like Native American burial grounds and stuff. And I 100% played in those. And I'm not, I would not be surprised if I'm like cursed because of it. Because, or was for a little while. Because I didn't know any better. (laughs) But, and we found like Native uh, arrowheads and a lot of different stuff up there. So definitely believe that there definitely used to be a lot of Native American activity up in that area so the people the native americans in this area were like no don't go around there there's a stone that might open up and devour you so watch your step that's all i gotta say so the phrase bennington triangle it was coined by a new england author joseph a citro in 92 who said uh that this area uh the characteristics with the the Bridgewater Triangle in a neighboring Massachusetts area. So there's another spot in Massachusetts that's also kind of scary. So there's it's like a stretch of woodlands across the Gassenberry Mountain. Uh, includes towns of Bennington, Woodford, and uh, Shaftesbury, as well as there's some ghost towns um, of Somerset and Gassenberry. So that's scary. <laughs> Uh, So for more than two centuries, there have been numerous sightings of a Bigfoot-like creature in these mountains, and they've, you know, named it the Bennington Monster. Uh, They're one of the first reporting sightings occurred in the early 1800s when a stagecoach full of passengers was forced to stop. Uh, There was like a washed out road. The stagecoach driver noticed there were some really big footprints in the mud that were way too big to be humans. And then the coach was attacked by a large creature that knocked the vehicle on its side. The passengers were obviously pretty freaked out. They could only see a pair of the eyes before the monster roared and ran off into the forest. Later sightings described the creature as a large, hairy, black thing that's standing over six feet tall. So everything I've ever seen about Bigfoot, that's about right. In addition to Bigfoot, there's a lot of stories of people going missing in the area. Uh, Another man in uh, 19, a man named Carl Henrik 
uh, Herrick, maybe, uh, in 1943. He was hunting with his cousin about nine, 10 miles or so north, uh, northeast of the mountain. And it's like right in the center of the quote unquote triangle. Uh, they got separated and Henry contacted authorities, like his, his uh, cousin contacted authorities, authorities to look for him. After a few days, they found his body. There was a gun nearby. No bullets had been discharged, though. And the autopsy determined that the cause of death was from squeezing. As in, somebody squeezed him to death. Because his ribs punctured his lung. And unfortunately, the townsfolk, the people in the area, they just didn't seem to be too concerned about this. Which I feel is like a little weird. Then, uh, there you know, just after this death, there was a five-year span where several other people went missing on a regular basis. So in 1945, an experienced hiker and hunter named Mitty Rivers, which is a pretty cool name, by the way, went missing on November 12th in 1945, 74-year-old, which is, that's pretty boss, I'm not gonna lie, for being that, that old and still be like hiking. They were guiding a group of four hunters on like a trek throughout the mountain. He was really familiar with the trail. Uh, he had been on it like a bunch of times. However, um, after going ahead of the group at a spot called Hell Hollow Brook, um, there is like a, a near like a trail in uh, Vermont Route 9, he was gone. So an extensive search was conducted, obviously, but there was only evidence discovered there was a single rifle cartridge that had been found in a stream. Uh, speculations were that Mitty had leaned over and the cartridge maybe dropped out of his pocket into the water. No evidence of an animal attack and his body wasn't found, which is wild. So even after a crazy exhaustive search, many locals believe that the this this guy was able to survive. And, you know, well, they thought he would survive. Like, right, he's a experienced hunter, experienced hiker, that they figured eventually he would resurface, right? Eventually he'd come home. He never did. He just gone, which is crazy. A year later, a college student, 18-year-old uh, Paula Weldon, hiking on the long trail on Sunday, December 1st, 1946, wearing a very bright red jacket. Uh, several people had seen her go, including a, like a store employee in the area. Uh, they'd given her directions. And uh, an elderly couple also saw them who or saw her who because they were hiking about a, a hundred yards behind her. There no concern really at all until she failed to show up at her classes the next morning at Bennington College. Another extensive search was conducted, including more than a thousand people were searching. There was air you know aircrafts above. They posted a $5,000 reward, which back in the day is a lot of money, if you think about it, because this was in the 40s. Um, they even got help from the FBI. The elderly couple they had, that had seen that her on the trail, she seemed that she just seemed like she disappeared when she turned a corner on the trail. Massive search, no clues of what happened to her. Wherever They never figured out what happened, which is crazy. A few years later, uh, three years later, after Paula's disappearance, a 68-year-old uh, World War II veteran named James disappeared uh, on a moving bus. So please, please listen to this. He was on a bus and disappeared. 
What? So he was visiting town, uh, like some friends from out of town, and he was heading back to Bennington by the uh, by bus. And there were 14 passengers confirmed that he did not get off the bus before Bennington. He was sleeping throughout the trip. His belongings were still on his seat. To this day, there is literally no explanation for his disappearance. I, I mean, and unless you know people were lying uh, or were wrong, but he just disappeared. Think about that. That's kind of scary and cr- pretty crazy. A few years later, a uh, eight-year-old boy named Paul Jepson went missing. He was last seen uh, playing in a family's like truck nearby by his mom. And she went to kind of te- uh, tend to some of the pigs um, were at the dump that her and her husband, that she and her husband kind of worked at. Boy vanished without a trace. Hundreds, once again, big search party. Even a New Hampshire uh, sheriff brought in a bloodhound to sniff out uh, the child. At first, the dog was able to kind of like pick up on a scent, but suddenly lost the trail at a nearby like crossroads. Could mean that the boy was abducted by a car, right? If somebody got in the car or if somebody grabbed him, put him in the car, they would, there would be no more scent. Um, and yeah, case kept going. No signs of Paul. Um, even the, the boy's father told the Albany Times Union that it could have been possibly been he loved the mountains, the lure of the mountains. So that he just loved to go and that pulled him in. Um, he had apparently talked about nothing else for days before he just disappeared. It was, you know, the mountains and everything. The fifth and final disappearance occurred 16 later, days later, after this eight-year-old had vanished on October 28th, October, yeah, October 28th, 1950, Phaedra Lang, Langer, 53, and her cousin, Herbert Elsley, Elsner, left her family campsite near the Somerset Reservoir to go on a hike. However, when they were within, maybe there was like a couple hundred yards of the campsite, uh, Frida, she fell, she slipped, fell into the stream, soaked, got her clothes soaked and shoes and everything. Uh, she told her cousin, hey, um, wait here for a second, I'm gonna go back to camp, change her clothes. Uh, after uh, a while, the, the, her, Herbert, the cousin, had waited, Frida never came back. So he went back to camp, see if the thing was all right, where, you know, she like hurt herself or, you know, something. Um, she hadn't she had never got back to camp and said she essentially just disappeared in broad daylight in a very short distance. Remember they weren't super far away when she fell next few weeks, lots of search parties, uh, 400 people, police, volunteers, firefighters, soldiers, aircraft search for nothing. Search was finally called off seven, uh, seven months later. Or so in May, her body was found near the Somerset reservoir in an area that had been previously extensively searched. So they had already looked at this area, but seven months later, that's where her body was. A little bit crazy. Uh, so due to the decomp of the body, no, they couldn't unfortunately determine a cause of death. Uh, still remains unsolved. Um, when her body, it was like three, her body was like three and a half miles from the camp, which is interesting. Um, and I mean, I guess some of the research does say that it was extensively searched. Some says that it wasn't extensively searched, but unfortunately, regardless, her body hadn't been found at that time. And by the time they did end up finding it, 
they couldn't they couldn't figure out what had happened. She's the last person to disappear and was technically the only one whose body was found. No general connections have been identified in like any of the cases, like none of there's no connection be- between any of the people um, other than they all disappeared in the same area during the same time period. And I wish I had more, but that's crazy. People just, just disappearing out of nowhere. You know, people that had like that one, uh, Paula had a very distinct red jacket on and she just disappeared. A man was on a bus disappeared. So my, I'm sure Vermont, I've never been to Vermont. It's a very nice area. Maybe not in that area. Maybe don't go there. Cause that's hella scary. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's like the five disappearances that I wanted to talk about. Another short episode. I'm sorry to my people, my friends that are like, you better not keep putting 20 minute episodes out. <laughs> uh, I don't want to make them super long. I, and there are a couple podcasts that I like that, uh, have like really long episodes, but I like to just be able to sit, digest them in one sitting and your home girl cannot sit for that long. I, I, I just got to go. I got to do things. I got, I can play video games for that long, but I'm like immersed in the story and I'm doing something. I normally listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm walking, which, or swimming. I got these like really cool headphones that were kind of expensive that I can listen to when I'm swimming, um, which is fun. Yeah, crazy, 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 crazy that these people just disappeared. Who knows what happened? I would be interested. There's a lot of, I mean, like I said, there's Bigfoot sightings, UFO. It sounds like it is an area that you just want to avoid. I would avoid it. I would. That's me. (laughs) So thank you for tuning in today. I know it's a little short, but... I thought it was very interesting. Next week, we got a crazy kind of gross story. So I uh, I got to finish writing the end of the trial part. But she was she crazy. She crazy. Whew. So uh, once again, open to your feedback. Anybody in Vermont that wants to make a comment, I would appreciate it. And if anybody has, I need to put the Springfield three down as one of my episodes. I have like 30 episodes planned out, which will take us well into next year. Um, but all source material for this, uh, is in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. Please subscribe, please give ratings. Any of that kind of stuff helps. I know that we're getting out there. Uh, we have 170 downloads. Let me look yesterday was 170 downloads, which was really amazing um let me look here on my phone 170 i had two downloads yesterday 28 within the last seven days so i like i use podbean and podbean um gives me a lot of cool statistics so we've got people listening in the netherlands people listening in the philippines russia uh you obviously United States, Michigan, Washington, Alabama, California, Georgia. So holla at you people, Illinois, Connecticut, Florida, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Iowa, Maryland, Massachusetts, Indiana, Colorado, Missouri, Virginia, and also unknown. So if you don't have your location services turned on, I, you are unknown. 17 downloads are unknown. So those could be from a bunch of people. So we East Coast, West Coast, all over the place. So very cool. Lots of people listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
Google Chrome, uh, iHeartRadio, an Alexa-enabled device, <laughs> CastBox, Chromecast device, Firefox, Google Podcasts. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's kind of crazy. We're already on episode eight, like the two months already. That's kind of lit. So I do appreciate it. And uh, my rambling is now making this episode longer. You're welcome. Uh, next week, we'll talk about Catherine Knight. Crazy. Uh, I will try to do better at not recording these an hour before I need to put them out there. Hashtag, sorry. <laughs> Check me out on my social medias, Instagram. I told you, I said a couple weeks ago or every single week that I need to do better at the social medias. I like to consume the social medias. I don't like to produce the social medias. So I need to get better. Uh, it's just, I look at everything, but I just don't, I just got to get better. And I'll do my best. I'm trying. Uh, check out Instagram, Crime Says Dog Mom, Twitter at CO Dog Mom Podcast, TikTok at CO Dog Mom Podcast. Pretty much a search Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, and you should be able to find me with my cute little logo with the doggie. Uh, thanks again. Appreciate it. Truly, 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 truly. Hopefully next week we're over 200 downloads, which is wild to me. We're, we're really getting there. We're getting close to 10 episodes being out there so appreciate everything really really do uh, stay true crime obsessed love on your animals give them the snuggles be kind and i'll talk to you all next week <laughs>